Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Preseason podcast number four. I've got Johnny with me again. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Look, it's been a while since we've delved into the world of Supercoach, um, but I'm ready to do it because... Like we, we joked about, we had our end of season dinner last weekend, uh, already got the XLs out for 2022, already, you know, we, we've closed the door on that one, but I'm already thinking about next season and at the end of Rewind, we want to help out, you know, we did pretty good in classic last year, you and I, I think we rode a pretty good wave to some decent scores. And then in draft, obviously we got robbed in some, in aspects, you're a bit unlucky, but I feel like we're okay super coach players. So I feel like some advice can be given to the fans here. Yeah, uh, look, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but uh, yeah, I think we, uh, we we were fairly rod by by Turbo, let's just put it that way. You know, without Turbo, I feel like, you know, uh, both of us would have, you know, been at least one hand on the trophy. That's it. Well, look, I thought we'd do some Supercoach commandments. Um, I'm pretty big into NFL fantasy and everyone normally puts out their top 10 commandments. And for Supercoach, of course, we have those as well. So... I've gone through, we're about three years now of draft experience, a couple of years in a classic. So I just wanted to put what I think some suitable ones are. Then I just want you to react off them. Nom. Tell me if you think they're good, they're no good, and anything that you would add here. All right. Sounds good. All right, let's get Bring into it. it. Number one, you must have a pre-draft plan. Now, you don't have to go fully crazy and go the Excels and the color codes like me, but you can't. There were some people who walked into our draft last year without a plan, and it showed on the ladder at the end of the season. You've got to walk in and know at least an idea of what you're going to do. You can't go Lomax or Tavanga back-to-back, round you one, can't, two. You can't do that. Then even Dave, you know, got caught out in the snake. He, he you know, panicked on a couple of picks. But again, you, you've just got to know who your – you've definitely got to know who your first pick's going to be. If you're picking anywhere, you know, one to 12, you've got to play the game and know who potentially you're going to pick in that spot. Yeah, look, 100%. I think you need to go in and have a, uh, a a rough idea, at least. You know, you don't want to, you know, be caught on the turn of the snake and, you know, you're back-to-back picks and you end up with um, something that you're frozen off. But at the same time, um, I agree with you. You don't need, you know, to get the Excel spreadsheets. You don't need, you know, 10 pages of butcher's paper because I feel like on draft day, you know, Many a crazy things have happened in our draft. So you got to sort of go with the flow as well. you got to be able to think on your feet as well. Yeah, a perfect example was me at 10 last year. <laughs> I had all these crazy scenarios. I had about 20 players I was getting ready to select and not one of them was Ryan Pappenhausen who fell to 10. And obviously we know yeah. what happened to Pappy in the season, but yeah. on draft night, I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. Threw out the paper and it said, give me the best player on the exactly. field. So you've got to go in there with a plan, but you know, you've got to be flexible as well. You've got to... Get ready to pivot and just go go with the flow because, like you said, at the end of the day, you can you don't you can't win the night on draft night, but you can surely surely put yourself in a good position. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, you got to play ice up footy sometimes on draft <laughs> night. All right, number two. This is for an overall one, but you've got to set the league rules early. So obviously, you've got to make sure you agree on your AE. You've got to agree on your waiver times, your trades. Is it commissioner approval? Is it the league? 
we felt, you know, a couple of times early in our in our inception, we, we had a couple of rules that were broken. I think we're pretty good right now. And I think just for, for clarity, you know, some people play for a lot of money. Some people play just for fun. You got to know the rules. You've got to have, you know, these are the set rules. It's black and white. There's no moving on for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, especially when money's involved, uh, things can, uh, you know, get, get a bit prickly, some sort of, you know, backdoor trades. But, uh, yeah, you know, set the ground rules, get you know, all the boys to all girls, you know, to, to agree onto it. And then, uh, yeah, it should be smooth sailing. Yeah. And obviously uh, some leagues, you know, no benches, some leagues, no captains, some leagues, commissioner, no trades at all. Trade no trade approval required. There's so many different options. So you just got to, you know, in your group chats, chuck it in there and say, hey, this is. And as the commissioner, I think go in there and set the rules and say, this is what I think. And then you can just bounce off it. So, you know, you might have up to, you know, anywhere from six to 12 players to try and get a consensus vote is probably going to be unrealistic. So go in there with what you're thinking. At this, at most things, majority rules is always the best way to, to get around it. Because again, it's fun. You don't want to be you know, ruining friendships over it if you're got a shit trade that's gone through to, you know, get someone through to the final when you're when they're out of contention. So rules are a must. Yep. Yep. Number three. This is a personal one. Uh don't draft a forward in the first round. So this is uh, a rule that I've named after Jason Tomololo. Uh obviously I picked him 15th overall, so just outside the first round, but We've had many off-pod discussions, Nom. There's no way you're grabbing a forward in your first 12 picks. I don't care if that's Payne Haas. I don't care if it's Dave Fafita. And again, Fafita had a great season. Supercoach is turning into, especially if you're playing captains, you've got to have an outside back or half gun. Fafita did really well last season. Obviously, Payne Haas is a gun, but you've got to have a gun half or outside back, because that's the only way in some of these comps you're actually going to succeed, like we saw with Chris last year, road turbo all the way through. Yeah, right. So when you say forwards, you're not calling you know, exclusively front row forwards, but any forwards, so including your second row forward as well. If you're not a fullback or in the halves, I don't want you in my first in my first pick. And that's just because, again, you've got to have a guy that can, you know, get close to averaging a 90 and, you know, give me the big... 150 to get a 300 as captain. You need that in this, you know, back in the day when Terry Campisi and Paul Gallen and Corey Parker, you know, could, you know, get a 70 and you'd be happy with a 140. You can't have that anymore. Yeah, look, I agree with, especially with how the 21 um, season went, it's it's all about the sort of high ceiling players. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, at least, you know, 100 Um not not average, obviously, but you know the the ceilings around that hundred to actually get you over the line, especially you know in those captain leagues. So yeah, outside backs, um, your halves, your fullbacks, uh, that would be what I'm going for as well. Yeah, and again, a guy like Dave Fafita, who I think got very close to averaging the ninety last year, you know, fantastic season. But again, there's just something about picking a forward, you know, who goes on the bench. I don't want. I don't want. Um, Every time that uh, Tom Bolilla went to the bench last season, I was just sitting there going, my second round pick can't be sitting on a bench not getting scoring points here. You know, <laughs> you need to have someone on the park. So it's just the way the game's being played right now. If there was no captains in your league, potentially then, you know, just you could just want to stack up on base. But again, I think for me, I, I would not be drafting a forward 
uh, no matter who it is in the first 12. But let's go to uh, number four, Nom. Don't fall in love with last year's stats. So uh, basically, you know, it's, it's a good thing to look at the previous year and, you know, get a nice big sample size. But every year is a new year. So don't go in there thinking Fafita's an average of 90. Don't go in here average, thinking Turbo's an average of 130. Or, you know, Tedesco's on an average, uh, you know, sub whatever he averaged this year. Every year is a new year. There's new circumstances, new players, new coaches, new rules. Just, again, it's a good guide, but don't think you're drafting someone who's just going to get the exact same score as last year. It almost never is the case. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the average is a good guide, but if you look at someone like Reed Marnie, for example, um, you know, I don't think he's going to get a lot of uh, 80 minutes. And a player like him, he's, he's heavily... Uh, you know, uh, reliant on his base stats. And, you know, with him moving over to dogs in 23, who, who knows what will happen to his minutes? Yeah, I think a, a great example last year was Kalen Ponga, right? So obviously at the big 2020, uh, you know, he was goal kicking. Everyone was getting really excited about it. Um, you know, he lost the goal kicking because Clifford's there now. So all of a sudden now there's a lot less potential there. Now, some people might overreact and not draft him in the first one or two rounds, but you just got to be conscious that, Again, it's just a different season. You know, you think to a Teddy last year, had his struggles. A lot of people who drafted a Teddy number one would be, you know, a little bit hesitant this year to do the same. But, um, you know, there's different circumstances in that Roosters team this year. There's a lot of circumstances around it. So just, go, again, think on your feet, but do your research, but don't just lock someone in for the sake of doing it. You know, is Adam Dewey going to average down down the stretch last year? He was averaging nearly 100. Is he going to do that this season? Potentially, but don't, don't bank on it. Don't draft him number four overall because the last 10 rounds of last year. Yeah, but I do have a soft spot for my boy Dewey before he oh. got injured. Um, he, he did me well for those last five rounds. 100%. All right, let's talk once we're in the season, Nom. So we've done, we've done kind of the pre-draft here, but once you're in the season, what are some things to do? So number five, start your studs. Don't get cute and think about matchups. You know, if you've got, you know, a Ryan Pappenhausen versing the second hardest team in the comp, don't pick up, you know, a guy playing on the Cowboys who's versing the Bulldogs this week. Start your guns. The guys who you're drafting in your first five rounds are probably going to be guns and you're going to start them. They're going to be matchup proof no matter what. So just don't be cute with it. If you draft a good player and you've got a good player, start him. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. Good players score points. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the thing with that, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go, you know, messing around with with my starting team if um they were definitely you know my top five picks. I think later in the season when you get a sense of where all the teams are at, that's when people usually start playing their outside backs, for example, against matchups. But yeah, not not at the start. Yeah, especially there, you know, if you got any really anyone in the top four top four rounds, you know, we're talking the best 38, 40 plays in the comp. They're going to be matchup proof. They're going to be even if they're going against the best defense in the comp or you know, that that side of the field isn't playing well. You just got to keep playing them because, again, you, that draft capital you've invested in them, if you don't want to play them, if you feel like you can bench them, you're better off trading them and finding someone that you actually do want to start every week. So just make sure that, you know, you're starting your studs. But that moves into number six. Don't be complacent. Have an eye on the buys. Now, this was a good one for us because the buys are two, potentially two cheap wins. A lot of people don't factor in for the buys they get to that round has only got three players in the whole team. All you need is six or seven and you get an easy two points there. And as you saw in our comp this year, Nom, the last couple of comps, it's been, you know, 
coming down to the wire and missing on a final spot by one one win. And if you can bank two during the buy rounds, all of a sudden it's going to be very very good for you to make the finals, make a make a late season push. Yes, and especially you know if you're sort of down that are those are um, I guess you know when your your team probably isn't going that well. So especially those players. Um, you really have to consider sort of blowing up your team steps to get those cheap points because, you know, you, you can't, I guess, win the comp with if you're not in the final series, essentially. Yeah, and I think the, the way I've drafted the last three years is try and go the best draft you can to try and get a nice early start, you know, 3-0, 4-0 at the start and get those two buy rounds because that's automatically five wins and you, you got to, you're in a good place. And again, like you just said, if you're getting to that buy round and you need a win, don't be afraid to tear up your team. You know, if you know you need wins, like, you know, don't overthink and think for round 26. If you need wins, get them on the board. So if you need to, you know, drop a couple of players that you're really hoping you could hold on to, obviously don't drop a Kalen Ponga or a James Tedesco, but, you know, the guy who's averaging 45 in your second row, who isn't playing this week, you know, pick someone up and get yourself a 40 to get yourself a win that week. I think too much emphasis gets put on, I don't want to tear up my team for a buy. But people forget it's a it's a two competition points in a super coach thing. And if you're doing that twice a season, getting four points, it can be the difference between you sitting at home while everyone else is playing some finals footy. All right, number seven, Nom. Always check the waivers. This is huge. I made the big mistake in the first season that I played draft. I drafted a gun team in my eyes. I did not want to make a single change to it. I had four guys on the bench that I thought, you know, just going to hold them. You know, they're good players. I don't want to lose them and put them onto the waivers. Not anymore. If there, if there is a waiver to be picked up, again, if there are some matchup plays to be had, if there's some guys coming back from injury, look at the waivers and use them. That's my, that's my number one thing. If you're just sitting there at the top of the table and not even looking at the waivers, you don't have to make a waiver, but at least look at it. Yeah, I mean, some of my best picks really were straight from the um, that that waiver wire. Yeah, picking up uh, Big Stefano. Um, you know, when he went for that, I guess, massive run towards the end of last season. I'm pretty sure Adam Toy in our team, mm-hmm. uh, in our comp. Sorry, uh, he was he was a waiver pickup after. And um, what was the other one? Yeah, Papali'i uh, was on the waivers. I was Papali'i. Papali'i. Yeah. I picked up yeah. Nico Hines off the waivers. Exactly. There's a there's a lot of players, and again, it's all about you know, it all it takes is one injury, one injury to a star player, and all of a sudden the next guy gets thrust in. And you know, Sam Walker was a waiver this year. You know, David picked him up off the waivers and was able to you know flip and put some assets. Even if you're not going to play the guy, there's always value in players, and you can get some trades. So you've got to look at the waivers. I think if you're if you're just sitting there and thinking that you want to go from round from the draft all the way through to round twenty six win the grand final with no transactions, you're crazy. You've got to do it at least once. That moves us into number eight. And this is going to be a personal favorite for you already know. There's no such thing as a bad trade offer. <laughs> I don't care how much uh, crap your, your mates give you. We spent a whole little 10 minute section at dinner talking about all the low ball offers that I gave everyone this season. There is no such thing as a bad trade offer. If someone accepts your bad trade offer, you know, that's on them. It's all about what can you get for value? You know, if you're throwing out three good players for one great player, why not? That person might want to fill his team out and get, you know, some good averages across the board, but you want to get that star. Just offer. There's no such thing as a bad offer. They All they're going to do is say no. That's all they're going to do. 
Yeah, no, no such thing as a bad offer unless it's con- it comes from you, mate. <laughs> <gasps> you always got to get try and get the best player in the deal. That's always been my logic. You know, I can give up four players to get one back as long as I'm getting the best player in the deal. And, you know, sometimes early in the season, you've got to, you know, throw a couple of handballs to someone and, you know, make them feel good because later down the line, they might need you for a trade and you can, you know, get a little bit extra. Um, Every season, I think I've tried to make a trade. I think last season alone, I did trade for Cook and Munster in our league. Um, I, I just want stars because at the end of the day, you know, a good... 50 average is good, but I'd rather have someone else who's averaging 38, but then have the gun who can go 100. I guess at, at the same, um, I guess, train of thought, um, sometimes you you do have to sort of um, you know, consider paying overs for your trades as well. Uh, if it makes your team an overall, uh, I guess, more rounded team, I guess, especially let's say you doubled up on, say, two fullbacks for whatever reason. Uh, because no, at the end of the day, no one's going to, I guess, accept your offer if they think they're getting the uh, you know, short end of that deal. So sometimes uh, you do got to pay overs. And there's some people who just won't trade in your league. You know, they've been burned by one trade and they'll never trade again. There's some, you know, they'll, the, the biggest, I guess, advice I'll give is don't be scared to trade if you make a bad trade. Like I've made tons of bad trades where I've moved someone on and within a week that person's a gun and I'm assuming they're gone. What have I just done? But I'll keep trading because it's a way to make your team better. And that's what you need to do at the end of the day. Don't, like I said, don't sit on the, on your team, just thinking it's going to be good enough, especially like you said, uh, teams get rested later in the season. Some injuries could occur. You've always got to be looking to stack wins and make it, put yourself in the best position to win some games. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I traded Cleary. Once he uh, did his shoulder. So it's a great one. Number nine, second, last one here. Don't plan for the finals when you are in a situation where you have to win now. Don't think yeah. about the the round twenty to twenty four draw when you're four wins when you're four points out of the finals contention. Bank your wins. It's a it's I was guilty of it first season. Not anymore. If if you need wins, just go get them. Don't future plan your team. Just get it done. Yeah, I mean that that goes back to my point about um, the whole the whole buy planning don't be um, afraid to sort of blow up your team you know if if you've got a few players that have a good that good round um 23 to 25 round and you you're thinking about keeping them um you know you got to be in it to win it so if you don't make the finals there's no point on keeping those players there but is there no definitely not and i guess a little sub point to that one is play the whole season even if you're out of contention you know, don't just like delete the app and let, you know, someone else have an easy win. There's always going to be, um, you know, times when you're out of contention and you're just like, you know, you're walking towards the finals and you've got no chance of making it. But, you know, it's still a bit of fun at the end of the day. Don't just like, you know, rage quit the and de- delete the app, you know, keep playing and yeah, just make sure that because, you know, you might be out of it, but the guy who's coming seventh who needs number six to lose and you're the guy versing this week, and all of a sudden you quit and put a 400-point differential on, that could mean someone else misses out. So just, at the end of the day, we're playing for fun. So just, you know, keep keep playing and just make sure you play for the whole season. That brings us to number 10, Nom, the last one. And it's, it's an easy one. Have fun. Have fun, boys. Get the bands going. Get the group chat firing. You know, hours throughout the season, consistently, you know, 20 to 50 messages a day, screenshots, articles, shit talk, all of it. Just keep keep it going, you know. 
like you said, any any guys or girls that's playing, we're all playing for fun at the end of the day. No one's, you know, unless you're in a high stakes commerce like 50K, which I doubt there's many of those. You're just trying to get your best rank in Supercoach Classic and you're trying to, you know, beat your mates in draft. That's all it is at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't, you know, I guess, put more in than we can afford to lose. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's, it's all about, I guess, enjoying the moment. You know, I know some people, especially draft day, they get you know, really into it. And then sometimes at the end, they're just absolutely different. I mean, at the end of the day, you just sort of enjoy it. And I guess that's what that's what draft is, right? You sort of, uh, I think, you know, it's one of the best forms of like a super coach where you pretty much just have your own unique team. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and again, like you can draft a dud team on draft night, right? But you can right the wrongs by some good trades, some waiver pickups. Um, you know, don't be that guy that gets like shitty at a mate that he's taken a pick right before you, or you know, he, a trade was on the on the table and he's knocked it back, or whatever bad luck on updates. Just you know what I mean? Just there, I'm sure there's plenty of those stories, but luckily, if we have a, if there's a group of people like us, you know, just go in there, talk some shit, have some fun, and then at the end of the day have a dinner at the end of the season and then, you know, keep playing the next, you know, I don't know how long we keep playing for, but honestly, this is the last three years. And then this year coming in, I'm very excited. And, you know, we've got a good crew, the 12 of us now. Um, and I think that's what everyone needs to have, just a good group that they keep playing with and, you know, keep building some traditions in the leagues. <laughs> yeah. Are you actually playing this year? I'm not sure if I recall, but I thought you said you'd uh, retire from Supercoach if you lost to... Um... Trindle in the yeah. finals there. Look, there was a bit of rage bit after <laughs> Trindle put a hung 230 on me uh, to knock me out, especially because there was no Turbo playing this week. It was the, the week Turbo got rested. Look, you know, I, I went back to the drawing board. I, I looked within myself and, you know, had a nice off-season. But, you know, I've just been unlucky the last couple of years. I'm going to clean your boys up this year. So I have to come back and, you know, make another front of the premiership. All right, well, good luck to you. Maybe you can pick up uh, Brandon Trindle yourself. <laughs> Tricky Trindle is going to be, at some stage, he'll be in my team. Don't you worry about that. But um, I'm sure as we keep talking about these future Supercoach podcasts, there's a couple of teams and players we're eyeing off and on. So we'll let the off-season play out a little bit more before we get to some previews. But it's looking to be a very, very juicy Supercoach season in 2022. Mate, I can't wait. I already, I already have like a little list on my phone going on with all the potential value picks. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm all for it. No, that's awesome, mate. Well, look, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again with some more content. So thanks for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.